Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Designated Pundits. Today, we're previewing the 2024 Major League Soccer season for Orlando City. I'm joined this evening by Luis Pineda and John Rollins from Loud and Proud Orlando podcast covering Orlando City. Guys, uh, how you doing? Doing great. Thank you. No, doing doing fantastic. Thank you for the invite. Of course. Thank, thank you for joining us. Let us uh, know where we can find your work. We can You can find us at LPO underscore podcast on X, Instagram, Facebook, also as Loud and Proud Orlando on YouTube. Awesome. So let's get into it. Before we preview the season we're gonna do a brief recap of what happened last year for Orlando City an excellent year by all accounts one that saw you you know especially at the end of the season shoot up the rankings uh you know finally finishing second on decision day so this Orlando team was 18 9 and 7 again they finished second in east 55 goals scored that'll get it done and then 39 goals allowed which was I think a three-way tie for second least in the east you finish the season on a four-game win streak, then you go out and you win both legs of the first round against Nashville, one of what we thought was going to be a powerhouse in the East last season. Finally, you were eliminated in the conference semis by the Columbus Crew. Interesting fact, you did not lose two straight matches in all of 2023. That's got to have you guys feeling good, so talk about it. Uh, I did not know that one stat about not losing two matches uh, in a row. That's really interesting. And we went through a little uh, bad stint there at the beginning of the season. It was not a, it was not so pretty for us starting out, right? Like uh, it wasn't really clicking with Martin Ojeda coming in, and we lost a lot of home games last season. Uh, our away form was was really good. I think it was like number two overall. So it, it was ups and downs for us, and we we ended the season strong and looked really good. Uh, and we're hoping that we could. Um, you know, potentially go all the way in the playoffs, but, uh, you know, losing in the MLS Cup to the guys who then go win the MLS Cup is, is, you know, it's not a big problem. Absolutely. I think you guys should be happy with what happened last season. Talking about that home field advantage, 1.89 points per game on the road is the best, uh, the best away record in Major League Soccer. 1.84 points per game at home is good, but like league average, you guys were better on the road last year than at home. Talk about what happened there why do do we know why do we have any any thoughts on that i think it was also oscar pareja you know uh, knowing you know playing playing a little bit more defensively uh away and making themselves more of a presence away than at home at home also having the pressure of the fans you know some fans that expected you know oscar to play very attacking minded uh soccer and it wasn't panning out the first few games. Um, eventually, though, uh, the the team, because of the away form, started taking shape, and then we started winning some games at home. And that's when you see that last that last stretch uh, and finishing second in the league. So um, I just can't wait to see what we're going to do with the depth that we have now uh, this year and keeping the main core, which is the most important part. Yeah, absolutely. I remember. Maybe two years ago, 2022, Red Bull, my team, was the last in home field advantage, which was very, very strange for them. They'd always had a huge home field advantage, and it was like a play style thing. They were pressing so aggressive that when teams came out at home aggressive against you, you can turn it around on them a lot more easily. 
at home when those teams bunker, we had absolutely nothing to break that down. Was that a similar thing for you guys or was just maybe just a luck of the draw? I think so. I think it was partly we just weren't able to click in that first part of the year. And at home, we just weren't creating as much for sure. And uh, Mauricio Pereira has his moments, but he had games where he was our creative force, but he wasn't actually creating. And we were kind of too reliant on him at times. I think over the season, and it ultimately meant that we didn't create enough chances in that first part of the season. We also were not great at being clinical with our chances. Uh, we had a bit of a nine issue. You know, we weren't really scoring enough goals from our center forward with Kara. That's how kind of Duncan McGuire broke into the team uh, and then managed to pick up some goals. But even by the end of the season, Duncan, you know, wasn't firing, wasn't scoring. So we're still kind of missing someone to to put those chances in the back of the net, as well as often missing that guy on the field to create for our wingers. We, we have a lot of wingers. We didn't have necessarily that that 10 all the time in Mauricio. Um, like I said, he was in and out with his form. Now let's take a look at some of who those contributors were in 2020. You had Facundo Torres, 14 goals, three assists. Duncan McGuire with 13 goals and three assists. Martin Ojeda, six goals, seven assists. Ivan Angulo, five goals, six assists, and Erkan Kara with five goals and one assist. What do you guys think of when you see this chart? Uh, personally, I think it's uh, fantastic to see Facundo right up top. Obviously, uh, he's a DP. Um, we still feel that we could see more of a leadership role this season for him. Um, Duncan broke out because, as you can see, one of our DPs, the Gershon Kara, was scoring five goals. Uh, the fans were not happy about that. Um, he was benched. Duncan was given the chance and he killed it. Uh, we also were probably going to see more of Martino Heda this season. And we'll discuss that probably a little later. And to me, the most important part of the puzzle, especially in the attacking third, and there are two players. One, it's not on that list. And the other one, it's, it's on here. Uh, Ivan Angula, to me, it's, uh, a threat on the left flank came from Palmeiras, uh, being pretty much shunned to the bench throughout his whole career comes into Oscar system. And that's the beauty of Oscar Pereja. He, he turns players around like nothing, uh, took the most out of Ivan Angulo, made him an important piece of the puzzle. And I think one of the most attacking minded players that we have right now. And then another player that I think was important was, um, Wilder Cartagena, the Wilder Cartagena on that double pivot. He was definitely what Araujo needed to, to secure that, um, that mid. If you had to pick an MVP, who would that be? Oof. You go, John. <laughs> I, I think I, I, we talked about this at the end of our, our mm -hmm. season pod, and Luis would probably agree. It could be Wilder Cartagena for what happened in our season really turned around when we brought him and Cesar together in that double pivot. That's right. And he he's the two of them together can be the two best D-mids, I believe, in the league when they're on their day. So I think he was a massive, important MVP sort of signing for us last year. We expect to, uh, you know, kick on and become even better. This year. You've already mentioned an underperformer in Erkan Kara. What about an overperformer? Is there anyone who blew you guys away and out outplayed your expectations? Well, Duncan McGuire in the beginning of the season. I mean, you're talking about a kid coming from college, um, the college system. Um, Orlando, you know, Musi and, and Moreira's vision, um, picking the kid up, the kid, you know, just being so resilient, ready to get suited, booted, and and play, and he exceeded all expectations. I think to me that was the biggest surprise. Um, obviously, yeah, it kind of fell a little a little short after that Toronto game. You, we didn't really see much. Uh, he put away Bradley. He put him on the shelf. But then after that, we didn't see a lot of him. 
but I think he was definitely the surprise uh, of the team last year. Great. So now let's talk about some players in and some players out. Guys got busy this offseason. Uh, incoming players include Nico Ladero, David Bracallo, and Luis Muriel. Outgoing Mauricio Pereira, uh, Antonio Carlos, and Luca Petrasso. So let's start with the outgoing players first. Do uh, any of these signings really hurt, these losses? I think it's two guys there, Mauricio Pereira and Antonio Carlos, that we were kind of ready to let go of and, and move on from. Um, Mauricio was really one of our best players. Like I said, the center attacking mid who created everything for us for years, but it got gotten to that point in age where we were ready to move on to a younger player. Or Ironically, we signed someone even older, but a new player <laughs> in that in that position. Um, and Antonio Carlos, you know, he, he had some injury problems. He was once a, a great center back for us, arguably one of the better center backs in the league. Uh, but the injury problems kind of found him last year, secondary to Rodrigo Schlegel most of the time. Um, and so really we were anticipating that he would leave. He wanted to go back down to Brazil. So both of those guys we were ready to let go of. Um, and I think that that sort of was part of this year that we knew we were going to have to move on from a couple key pieces down the spine of the team and we were going to have to replace them. But I believe that we've replaced them and, and done better. So I think for us, it's, it's not a big loss to let those two guys go. It's worth noting for those of you who are listening and not watching, Luca Petrasso is out on a loan. So he's not necessarily gone forever, just so, uh, you know, more later than goodbye necessarily. I These think it is a loan to buy. So we do think right. maybe, yeah, well, who knows? Not Still not official. I, I get corrected on that every uh, every episode. <laughs> Actually, Bob, <laughs> he can come back. Incoming players include Nico Lodero, the number 10, uh, you know, who's had a storied MLS career. He's up in his late 30s. Then you brought in a center back, David Bracallo, and Luis Moriel to play that number nine position. Not only did you find the weakness on your team, you replaced all the players who left at, I think, what is going to be a very suitable level. Uh, let's talk about these incoming players now. Yeah, um, so when it comes to Nico Ladero, uh, a, a winner in the league, uh, somebody that has won and has knows how, how to play finals, semifinals. Um, and also he's uh, very versatile in his in his play. We've seen it in the, in the preseason, actually. John and I have seen him, how he just adapted so well with all the guys in the attacking third. And also did more of a defensive work than Mauricio. So he could play like sort of like an eight uh, or like a left mid, defensive mid uh, there. One of my favorite now, stats uh, about Ladero over the course of, you know, the, the the strongest part of his career, I think it was like 2017 to 2021 when I think he got injured yeah. uh, for like a four year span. He was the most fouled player in Major League Soccer, <laughs> just drawing all that attention, getting in the in the hard parts. And uh, hey, he'll, he'll, he'll take a knee too for you. And then you have David Bercalo, uh exciting, uh, one of the top center backs in Elite Serien in, in Norway. Uh, Viking didn't want to give him, you know, you know, didn't want to, you know, was playing hard to get a little bit with, with Orlando. Um, he has a song. So, I mean, he's, he, he has his own song. So, I mean, he was huge for, for Viking. So on paper, he's exciting. Um, just like the same as when Antonio first came into the team. So definitely exciting. And then you have a uh, Luis Muriel, right? Uh, I, I think that Oscar has that uh, touch of turning players that are kind of going down on the down and out, uh, like Alexander Pato extended his career tremendously, sure. uh, making one of the cornerstones of that USL, um, uh, US um, Open Cup championship for Orlando. 
Um, and I think he can do maybe the same with Muriel that comes to 32 years old, fit, not injured. And I think he may be able to to do that as well, maybe in, fit more in, in, into the t- system that he has on the attacking third. So it, it was a good pickup too, in my opinion, especially for the for the price and, and for the cost. Makes the FIFA team more exciting too. I'll tell you what, I remember uh, Ultimate Team always throwing Muriel on my <laughs> Italian squad up top back when he was playing with uh, Sam Daria. Fiorentina, Atalanta, um, very, very good career. One of the most exciting signings for me personally. I know it may not be the biggest deal on paper, but it's it's the one I want to see work out the most. I think David Bercalo I, looks like a really, really good center back. Like he mm-hmm. could be up there with one of the better center backs at the end of the year. I think he's got a lot of strength for us. And our, our back line, like we talked about, had some, you know, one of the best defensive records last year. So if we're going to add another key piece into that, it's going to make us even more difficult to score again. Love it. If I turn on a game, let's talk about the X's and O's, play style, coach, tactics. What am I going to see? To me, four two three one. I don't think Oscar's going to change that. I think you're going to see Muriel uh, in the first game. You're probably going to see the double pivot. You're going to see Araujo and Cartagena. You're going to see Ladeiro as your 10. You're going to see Facundo as your right winger. You're going to see Angulo as your left winger. I think that's what you're going to see at first. Um, yep, pretty much that. That's what you're going to, that's what I feel you're going to see. Um, the cool thing about what we have now tactically is that these, um, he could change this around into that the three players around in the mid before Muriel, they could switch positions in transition. And you don't know when they're going to hit you. Exactly. That's unpredictability for Orlando City. Now, you could take Lodero. He's getting tired. You take maybe, you know, you maybe just put Cartagena as a solid six. You can put Felipe Martins. And then you could do the same thing. You can take Ojeda. You can take Facundo, put Ojeda. And so there's a lot of plug and play players now that will allow you to keep doing that consistently throughout 90 minutes. And, you know, on paper looks, in, in my opinion, great. Uh and the back line also. So now you have the David Bracalo. You have a Scandinavian pretty much uh, back line right there with Dagger yeah. Dan from Iceland. You got uh, Slovenia from David Bracalo and Sweden from Robin Jensen. And then you have, you know, Rafa Santos. And then you have also young kids like Holiday, like, you know, we have Thomas Williams. So I just think depth-wise, Orlando is pretty stacked right now. Um, and tactically, that's what I will, I'm, I'm going to see. Uh, um, you know, a lot of pressing in transition too. Uh, from from the players love it and one of the things i like here is that you guys got players like uh ramiro enrique martin Oina, yeah we have not even mentioned and are not on the starting roster so like if you have nicolo dero is going to miss some time he's got older legs maybe you throw uh someone else in <laughs> who who would be the backup number 10 in that situation i think ojeda is most likely to fill in there when nico's like not ready or we want to play but from what we've seen with nico i think he will he will play whenever he's fit um, but when he's not, we, we can play Ojeda there. We can play Facutara's there. Um, honestly, we, we have a lot of versatility in this team. Uh, guys like Dagger Dan, who was turned into a right back, but actually could play anywhere in the midfield yeah. positions. Um, left back is really the only place that potentially I would like to maybe find us another left-footed defender. We have right backs so you can play there. Um, but that, that's the only place for me. Everywhere else, we have a lot of interchangeable players in a lot of positions, especially in that forward line with uh, Duncan coming back. So, you know, we have Luis Muriel, but you've got Duncan McGuire as your backup I don't know option. any other team in Major League Soccer that has a 10-goal scorer starting on the bench day yep. one. Mm. 
and then and Enrique, obviously, he I see him more as a left winger, but he can play there. Jack Lynn got a MVP of MLS next, MLS next bro last yeah. year, bro. He, he's four string right now for a striker wide, so that gives you an idea of uh, our attacking firepower that we've got in this squad. Another thing that we've seen is switching to a 4 3 3 with Cartagena as your only your six, your only you know, uh, anchor right there in the yeah. mid, and you have Ladera on the left and Ojeda on the right. You, we've seen that too in preseason. I feel like that's going to be when we need to really like we're playing against maybe DC United, you know, that, that you know, they have a Tampa Bay rowdy center back, you know, some of the teams that are kind of not as it's not a Nashville, it's not a, yeah, a Red yeah. Bull, you know, and we need to kill them the first 30 minutes. We're probably going to see just that one, one solid pivot right there in the mid with Cartagena and maybe save Araujo for the second half to hold the game down. Um, that could also now, that's the beauty, or, or Oscar has that now, that that possibility to do that and the players to do so. So that's another thing that I wanted to add on there. I'm interested in, in what the general consensus is around Felipe Martins. He was a guy who played with Red Bull, won a couple shields with us, and it seemed like later on, at, towards the end of his career, he was just kind of the hack guy, like, hey, we need a, we need a yellow card. Go out there and, and kick someone's boots out from under him. Uh, do you guys, how do you think about Felipe Martins? What's he doing now? Oh, we love him for that reason, though. <laughs> like, he's, he will go out there and, you know, he, he goes out and scraps. Like, did you watch the League's Cup game last year between us? And Miami because he was like getting in Messi's face, and we love that sort of heart that he brings and his passion. He's uh, he's one that is, we know he's fairly limited in his age at 34 and what he can do from the D mid, but he he really um, amplifies the sort of um, drive and passion and almost like grittiness that we we kind of have. Oscar is very much that kind of coach. He he grew up playing you know Colombian soccer in the nineties where you have to have a little bit of grit and a little bit of determination. And, and he, he embodies that into the players. And I think Felipe is the, is the prime example. Now we haven't got, we've gotten this far 19 minutes and 35 seconds before saying the M word. And uh, that's the, the next place I really want to go because I brought some storylines, some things I kind of want to keep track of throughout the season. And I want to talk about some of those now. Uh, and the first one is can Orlando outperform their nosy neighbors? A lot of focus this off season has been on Miami, 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 Miami. On paper, this is a better team. And this team is built for a supporter shield for a long playoff run as to where Miami, they're going to sneak into every competition they get and then blow everyone out, um, you know, down bracket. So these these two teams are built, you know, a lot differently. But I think you guys should be getting just as much attention. My money is, is going to be on Orlando. I'm going to do a, pr- a prediction show, and I'm going to pick maybe three teams who are going to you know be you know two from the east, two from the west, who have a chance at winning the the, the division, and then who it's got to be Orlando. You guys got to be in every discussion. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I honestly believe that some of those players that they've signed don't know how hard the league is, how physical the league is, how every team. On the preseason, um, you know, boost their their roster and also the different turfs they're gonna have to play. So now with this whole ordeal of them forgetting about what GAM is and not being able to, you know, hey, we have to give away four players. What's going on here? I thought we were Inter Miami. You know, we're the face of the league. You know, they don't know what to do. Uh, they have a short squad, in my opinion. Um, yes, on paper, fantastic. But um, will those players adapt right away, you know? Um, Traveling from Orlando to L.A. back to, uh, you know, Minnesota midweek. Right. 
the qualities there, I mean, Luis Suarez injured in Brazil scored like 13 goals. So, I mean, the qualities there, we just need to see, you know, I, I, it's hard to say because their preseason has been horrible and we have not seen, and not only their fan base, I, I feel like their fan base have not seen what they're literally paying for. They were yeah. also set up for failure in that preseason yeah. squad. I could talk about that all. You know, there's a reason why teams don't want their preseason video getting out. I wouldn't want it out either. So I, I think that that was kind of approached in the wrong way. Uh, but yeah, Miami's, you guys are, are very different in those two ways. Like Miami's now the money team, just like LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back when LA Galaxy were good, you had uh, the earthquakes, <coughs> San Jose earthquakes, which yeah. is like the scrappy town, the working class neighborhood. Kind of see how you're getting pushed into that, whether or not that identity was there. Apparently it, it was not, not to my knowledge, but you guys are certainly pushed far in, into that end now. Um, have you noticed a lot more soccer down in Florida? Because I, I see messy kids everywhere. But have you seen maybe like a, a new rejuvenated love of soccer for Orlando fans? I think um, for us, it was a case of we we had a big USL following. And that was that was an incredible time for us. And we joined the league and, and like a lot of expansion teams struggled. Right. You know, but we had our neighbors that joined like Atlanta came in and won and New York came in and, and won. Right. And so we we kind of looked around like that. <laughs> yeah, right. We looked around and we were wondering when is our time going to be? And uh, I think the best part about this is this, as our neighbors to the south have come in and, and done, you know, spent an incredible amount of money and brought in these amazing names. At this time, we've also upped our game. And so I think what you're going to find is that this year, some of the best like rivalry or the best rivalry could be and some of the best games you're going to see are from Florida, right? The, the El Clasico del Sol. Um, could be the semifinal of several competitions. Like you said, we're going to go far in things like the Champions League, I believe. I think Miami also could go far in the Champions League. Leagues Cup, you know, the MLS Cup uh, final stages. I imagine at some point we're going to come up against them in a big, big game like that. And it's going to make for some really, really entertaining soccer because our squad, I believe, like you said, is, is just as good as theirs. I do think ours is deeper. And I do think that, we're more likely to win something like the supporter shield and they're more likely to win something that's uh yeah just a few the, like the champions league the supporter shield isn't on miami's radar games yeah it's not on the radar exactly they don't care. yeah and and you know honestly uh, i feel it's two different ways of seeing the, the mls growth you know they are more of like the lebron james you know uh, miami team you know with d wade and <laughs> and chris bosh uh, we are more of like the 2009. I'll smile and nod. I've seen maybe three basketball games in my entire life. So, <laughs> right. sure, so, yeah, those so, guys. So it's like you know you're bringing in like massive amount of it's a big marketed team because of the level of, of the names that you're bringing in. But what's behind that? There's really nothing behind it. We haven't heard of one youth player that's killing it. Uh, I mean, I don't see a lot of UN's youth or men's national team call-ups aside of aside of Yedlin, and and you know on the other on the other side here in Orlando, I mean they've won youth championships, the academy for Orlando City. So when you go to Orlando, you go to a bar there. There's people that you know are repping the colors, are really focused on the community, really know about soccer. It's kind of building something similar. Maybe Seattle has with soccer in a way. You know, uh, very, very, um, you know, since USL days, just like John said, you know, it's 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 more like that um, in Orlando. And I think Orlando is focused on 
building a squad in the collective sense of the way, uh, in the attacking third and defensively, getting um, a really good age of play, right? So 24, 25, maybe up to 32-year-old signings, not getting all those over-the-hill, you know, big names, uh, but that are really going to be there only for one, two seasons. I I think the... the the goal is to have some of those players, right? Like you do have Muriel, you do have Ladero. They're going to help your squad. They're going right, to help right. your squad, but that can't be the base of your squad. That can't be your play every time. Exactly. And I think you guys did a really great job of squad building here. It's hard for me to find, you know, any place here that you're going to improve the roster. Um, is anything coming over the summer? Do you, do you, have you heard any other rumors or are we just shutting it down for now? I just quickly say we did all that last year without those key star signings and we came second. Mm-hmm. So, that's where I think this year we're going to really go up a level. The summer, I think the big question is just Duncan McGuire. Like, honestly, it's not so much who's coming in. It's what's happening with Duncan. Um, you know, I, he's got to get his head down and, and get back to playing soccer for six months and forget about all this transfer nonsense. Uh, apparently, you know, teams are still interested in him. But we would like to, you know, keep him, obviously, if he wants to, to stay here. But if he's he wants to go, we want to sell him for money. So I'd, I'd rather he you know, up to his price again and is able to go in the summer. If that's going to happen, then that's a whole lot of money that we're going to bring into the club. Uh, then maybe we go ahead and fix an issue. But like you said, I, I don't really see an issue, maybe left back depth um, in this squad right now. Yeah, and I, you know, I almost forgot all about that whole Duncan McGuire saga. Yeah. He was supposed to, um, rumors were he, were he was getting signed by, what club was it? Was it Nottingham? Blackburn. No, Blackburn. Blackburn. He got on a plane, finds out on the plane that the deal's <laughs> yeah. off. Then, oh, they announced him. They, they had him out yeah, they jersey, had the everything. And then with they, the jersey, they failed they the registration. And then, he, well, see, this is like a double drama. Like, he went there, <laughs> oh, yeah. the deal fell through, but then they fixed it. And then he lands on the plane, takes this picture, does it with the jersey. They Apparently, the, the, someone didn't click submit. Correct. Someone, someone's mouse uh, must have they died. They click save, not submit on the form. And they missed the deadline. Wow. Awful. Wow. And anyway. now Duncan's back here. And hey, you know, we got another great striker. In this Hopefully squad. he does something to improve <laughs> his value. It worked out. Yeah. Hopefully he does something to improve his value with his playtime. The, the worst thing, the worst case scenario is he doesn't put a season together and, and, and lost the opportunity. Okay. We have uh, Luis and John from Loud and Proud Orlando, the Orlando City Podcast. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out here tonight to, to talk with us. No, thank, thank you. you. All right, so guys, make sure you check out iedsports.com, youtube.com backslash iedsports, or find the designated pundits anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're previewing each and every one of the 29 Major League Soccer teams. So thank you so much for being here with us. Have a great weekend, everyone.